Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. My name's Paul. Uh, I've known Colin Mary Barron for many, 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 many years. We partnered a church together, well, probably the first churches together, years ago down south. And then Colin decided to come up north and plant a load of churches and left me behind. And I, and I said to him, and I said to my wife at the time, Alison, said, yeah, Manchester's the last place I want to go. Been here 22 years now. So you have to be careful what you say. Because God hears it. <laughs> so, Lord, I really don't want to go to uh, Barbados at all. Uh, the Seychelles. Don't, don't, I don't want to go to the Seychelles. Right? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Dad jokes. Um, uh, so, this morning, um, I've been given the passage of 1 Corinthians 13. I believe you're going through Gifts of the Spirit. Uh, looking at that. So, this morning, this is a fascinating pa- passage. So, I'm going to read through. It's quite a short one. So, it's 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, 1 to 13. Uh, just going to pray. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you love us. Lord, I just pray that you would meet with us today. Lord, we, we want to meet with you. Lord, we want to be changed, God. We, we're just excited to be here in your presence, to know that you love us, that you're for us, Lord Jesus. And whatever sort of week we've had, whatever life we've had, Lord, you are here today for us and with us, and you love us. Amen. 1 Corinthians, okay, I'll just read through it. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Wow, isn't love amazing? But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I chose, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Great passage. Lovely passage. It's all about love. And that's the theme this morning. And it's going to go through it and pick through what's being said there some of it's quite obvious some of it may be less so but you're very clever people so you know what it's talking about but I just want to highlight some things just a little story about I I think it was love Um, 
I've got three daughters, and uh, my middle daughter, when, when they were very little, we used to have date nights with my daughters, right? Very important for me. I'm not sure if it was important for them. Um, I enjoyed it. I think they did. And there was one occasion where my, my middle daughter, she was the one who really, really liked to dress up amazingly like a princess all the time and various other things. So this night we were going out. It was date night with Daddy for my middle daughter. I won't tell you her name because this has been recorded. <laughs> but she came down the stairs. It was, like, it was almost like slow motion. She was about four years old. And in this amazing puffy pink princess outfit with sparkles and she had plastic uh, uh, bangles on and her hair was done up, mum done her hair and she was blonde and done her hair all up and everything. I thought, wow, she looks beautiful. She looks beautiful. And a little cheer my thinking, leap forward a few more years. <laughs> but she came down. Now I was in my jeans and a top. And she came down the stairs and she said to me, Daddy, you're not going like that, are you? <laughs> and I thought, oh, no. So I had to go up and suit up. I was suit, full suit and a tie, shirt and tie. And as we went to where we were going to, we had some very odd looks as we walked into Pizza Hut. <laughs> It felt, I felt so exposed. But she loved it and then got almost ill by eating too much ice cream. But I guess that's love. That's love. And, um, <laughs> and she still loves me. And she's still the same. <laughs> but Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing this chapter and he, he's talking to the church in Corinth because it's Corinthians. And there's a church in Corinth. And, and he's talking to them about love. And, you know, this... this you might recognise some of this passage because it's mostly read at weddings, isn't it? If you hear it, love is kind, love is patient. But it's actually not written to a newly wed couple. This is written to the church. Uh, later in chapter 14, Paul tells the church to desire spiritual gifts. And we can ask for all the gifts, and it's good to ask for the gifts. It's good to eagerly desire the gifts, as Paul says that to the church. Be passionate about them, but... And I'm going to pray for us about that later. But the church in Corinth here has got a few issues. They've also got a lot going for them. And in chapter 12, we see that Paul was encouraging them to be a body together. And we see evidence of spiritual gifts in the church as well. And that each one plays their part, whether you're on a rotor or not. Hopefully on a rotor. But no one's insignificant. Everyone plays their part. And he says in chapter 12, verse 31, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and now I will show you the most excellent way. And the most excellent way is the path of love. That's what he's talking about. So the Corinthians as a church, they've been focused on speaking in tongues. That was their big thing. And so chapter 12 is written to explain all the importance of the gifts, not just speaking in tongues. And then we see in the next chapter, the church had been speaking in tongues freely in their worship services, but it was done selfishly. They were getting something out of it. It felt good. It provided effective praise. But Paul was saying to the church, look, it's not just for you. These gifts need to operate in love. They need to operate in love. It's to build up the body. And then in chapter 13, it outlines what this love really looks like. What is it? They were really hyping up the gifts and so, so Paul says, 
If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. Can you imagine? It's just hot air. It's just noise. <laughs> if, if I have all the faith to remove mountains but don't have love, I'm nothing. We could, be, we could have the best preacher. You could have the most, a most amazing prayer life. And I'm sure you do. And the best music, worship leaders, the faith to believe that anything is possible, the ability to speak amazing truths and insights, but all of it without love, it says here, amounts to nothing. It's, it's worthless without love. It really is. You know, we don't pursue the gifts, and I want us to pursue the gifts, but we don't pursue the gifts just for the sake of having the gifts. The problem I mentioned earlier in the church in Corinth was that some of the church had been given these spiritual gifts, had some pretty bad attitudes with them. They believed the gifts made them more important than others in the church. Well, I, I can do this, and uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm better than you. They don't say that, but they can act like it. Feel a bit superior. Now, Paul talked about the gifts, but in in uh, in the chapter twelve, he emphasised the lordship of Jesus because there was a lot of man focus in the church. What I mean by that, they'd taken their eyes off Jesus. They hadn't been Christ focused so much as they should have been. And so Paul talked about the gifts and how every believer is equipped with certain gifts. And they had a good grasp of the gospel, but they'd lost something. They'd lost the idea. They'd lost the idea that Jesus is Lord and we have to submit to him. They were missing what God had for them. They were sort of like still integrated into the society and the culture around them. They considered themselves educated. Many of them were well-educated. They were affluent, wealthy. They wanted fame and money, power. And everyone in the society was just, just into stuff, just for themselves, just for the stuff. And it's a bit like our society, isn't it? You can agree with me or not agree with me. <laughs> but our society just wants stuff. It's just selfish. People are selfish. You can see that. And you don't despise people for it. Now, the Bible says that we were like this before we came to Jesus. Everything we did, or virtually everything we did, we did it for ourselves. I know that's true of me. To be better, to have some kind of advantage over others, maybe. Or we wanted to be celebrated. Don't people want to be celebrated this, today? Celebration, you know, celebrities all over the place. We might have some here today. Congratulations. <laughs> but people want to be celebrated, celebrated don't they uh, I've made this video and I'm a celebrity well, not really <laughs> it's a huge not or others want money not, to assist, not because they want to give it away but they just want money and then they're afraid of having less and it's about power and position and advantage and, and they were all the rage then as they are today in society but Jesus came for us, didn't he? Didn't he? So it seems like here the story of the church in Corinth, they never dealt with some of this stuff. They never seemed to put what society was thinking down. They, the thinking and the philosophy of the age, the culture around them, it sort of came into the church. It crept in and it was coming out in different ways. 
And so we see here, Paul is correcting this. And he said, look, there's a different way, a better way, a better path than this. It's about love. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And, it's, and he says, if we have love, then, then we can be patient. How are you doing with your patience? And I don't mean as in a doctor or a patient, if you're a doctor. I mean, how are you doing? Are you, are you quite a patient person? I'll wait for the... No, it's all right. I won't wait for the answer. Or peaceful. How are you doing being peaceful? That's a challenge. Or being good or loving, faithful, gentle, kind. How are you doing with all those things? How am I doing? (laughs) I'm doing better on some and not so good on others. But Paul says without love, all we can do is imitate these qualities. And it's not real love. Paul says in Romans... Let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. So he's talking about a love which is a commitment of will, choosing to uphold, even cherish another person. Looking out for others. It's so important. It's so important when we use the gifts of the Spirit. Otherwise it's just emptiness and hot air. And it just serves ourselves, which in the end isn't what it's about. See, Paul's not saying that the other things aren't important. He's just saying that they're not enough. He says love comes first and it's displayed throughout and ends in love. Like we've said, faith, love and hope. Or faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. He doesn't give us a breakdown of love, but he describes love in a way which is clear and what biblical love looks like. So, first of all, love is absolutely fundamental. It's fundamental to us. You could be a person with amazing gifts and abilities, absolutely penetrating insight, a huge charisma, but if you don't have love, it doesn't amount to anything. I'm re-emphasising that because I think it's key in a society that struggles with love. True love, real love. Christ-like love for one another. I know many of us have got that, and we're demonstrating that, and we're, we're trying, and it's a struggle. We ask God for more. Love is a distinguishing mark of every true believer. It's a distinguishing mark of a church that has grasped hold of the good news of Jesus. It's about love. For God so loved that he sent his only son. And we follow in his footsteps. So Paul is saying to the church there, it's... That to be a loving person, it's more than to be able to speak in all the languages of earth or heaven. It's essential to learn love. They loved communication, this church in Corinth. They loved the banter and the communication. But he's saying communication without love is a useless thing. So gifting, exercised through love, builds up and encourages. Without love, it doesn't. So he's saying that our gifting is great and we should ask for more. But gifting alone doesn't show what our walk with God is like. Because sometimes our gifting, I don't know, if you're like me, sometimes you're in the zone. If you've got a gift of the Spirit, you can be in the zone and flowing in it. But actually, walk with God could be a bit somewhere else. <laughs> Have you experienced that? And you're thinking, I'm just surviving. God's using me. I'm not sure why, because I've had a rubbish week and I've not talked to him and he's not. I've just, I've, I'm missing something but he's still using me, and I'm still trying to serve, I'm still trying to serve, I'm still trying to do it in love. 
But if you ask me how, what, what, I, what my relationship with Jesus is like this week, I wouldn't be able to give you a very good answer. And that's okay, because we're like that. That's, that's okay. But God said, look, pursue love. Sometimes, I know for me personally, I've, I've, I've felt the Holy Spirit, I felt Jesus saying, come away and have some time with me. Have some time. And it's not just to charge the batteries, but it's to get to know Jesus better. And so he can talk to me, and so he shows me what I'm like. <laughs> now, sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's painful. And, uh, and it's painful because you know he's right. You don't want him to be. It's when a good friend says something about you, and you think, I love, uh, you love them, and you think, I really don't want you to be right, but I know you are, but I don't like it. <laughs> they point something out about you. But it's love. When it's done with love, it's to build up and to restore, and to move us forward. Do you want that? So what is love? He highlights two things. It's sacrificial, and it's active. It's sacrificial, and it's active. He says it's patient, and it's kind. It says it never fails. You know, you can't have too much love. Can you? Well, I've reached the limit of my love. Thank you very much. That's all you're getting. It's like this morning when, you know, the the day of all days to put the clocks forward. (laughs) Love's tested a little bit, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Love is sacrificial. It looks at the interests of others and puts them first. You know, you've got a... I don't want to call it a mantra, but you've got an amazing thing here, that one of the amazing sort of statements, the things you live by as churches together is, always believe the best of one another. I think that's right, isn't it? Believe the best. That's one of the things. That's amazing. That's what this is talking about. Hope for the best, want the best, believe the best for others. And and they're doing that for you too. That's that's community. Isn't that great? That's community. But here in the church, they weren't doing that. It was about me. What can I get? How, do I, how can I look better and be better? Now, we're not like that, are we? Most of the time, we're not like that. It doesn't look at what's best for me. It always look at what's best for the other person. It sees the good of the other person. Love is active. It's not just something we think or we feel. It's something we do. Paul here, if you look at the scriptures, 16 action words... But it's not just about words, it's shown in behaviour. In other words, love does. We can say love, but love does stuff, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and then Paul goes on to say, the Corinthians, they cared a lot about speaking in tongues and prophecy and knowledge. Those are three gifts they really... And they're great gifts. You know, and, and in a minute, I wanna, I'm going to pray over, over you that, that those increase amongst you about a few other things as well. But, but they really prioritised those gifts. They would be at the top of the list. But Paul says, look, in eternity, these gifts are not going to matter. Why is that? Because, well... We just know in part at the moment. We don't have everything. But when we see Jesus face to face, when we're known by him and fully known, 
Those th- we, won't have, we won't have need of those things. But he says, but love, but love will never run out. Love will always be there. God's love for us and our love for him. That's going to be consistent. They'll disappear into eternity. They won't be important, but love will never become irrelevant. Love will never be obsolete. You find it difficult to love people? I do. I find it mostly when I'm driving. And I'm sure others feel the same way about me. God loves people. And he wants to use what he's given us for us to use those to express that love to people. That's all it is. It's simple, really. So whatever you have in your hand, some of you can think, you know, it's like the little boy at the, uh, when Jesus fed the 5,000, or it's 5,000 men, so it's an awful lot more than 5,000. Okay. And uh, this little boy with this packed lunch. And sometimes, you know, you can come to God and think, all I've got, Lord, there's this huge need, and all I've got is this packed lunch. But Jesus says, if you submit that to me, I can multiply it, and I can feed thousands. See, do you know that even the thing that you think, I'm not saying you despise it, but the thing that you think, God's given me this, I've, all I've got is this. I've just got this. God can say, just give it to me. Just submit it and see what I can do with it. And then he might give us more. And then we just keep coming back. He didn't get the little boy back on a stage and say, he's the guy who fed you. I mean, he might have done, but it's not written down. But he didn't want that. God's amazing. God's love is amazing. He just wants us to work it out. Okay. So we're in a process. At the end, he says, nobody's reached maturity yet. We haven't, have we? Being older, getting older, doesn't mean you've reached maturity. (laughs) In fact, for me, I think I'm going the other way, actually. I think I'll be a bit more immature sometimes. I have to ask my wife about that. We've got a long way to go. But love will outlast so much of what we do. That's why we pursue love. That's why we go for it. 